This is the weekly Fremont Moo podcast. Full count, one out, runners in the corners. The set, runner goes, hit, swing and a line drive up the third baseline and fair and rolling toward the corner for a hit. McBride has scored. Dodge around third. He's going to try and score. Sullen's throw toward home is cut off and Dodge scores. And this game is tied at six. An inside look at Moo Baseball. This one is rocketed out towards center field, going back to center field. And McBride, how did he make that catch? Behind his back, looking like Willie Mays. And now, here's your host, Nate Rohr. Welcome in, believe it or not. We are past the halfway point of the 2020 season in the Expedition League. The Moo, a little up and down this week. They split a pair of games at here Saturday and Sunday, and then they dropped the first two to Hastings at home before rebounding to throttle the Sodbusters 18-4 Thursday night, and the battle with the Sodbusters continues. Coming up here on the podcast, we'll take a look back on some of the highlights of the past week, and of course most of them are going to come from the blowout wins, the Monday night domination of Pier up there, and then the big blowout win Thursday, the Moon nine runs in the sixth inning to blow that one wide open. We'll also chat with a couple of guys on the Moo crew. Matt Abdel now will take a deep dive with him. He's a DH mostly, though he catches and also plays some corner outfield for the Moo. So we'll chat with him. And we'll also chat with one of the cornerstones of the Moo infield and one of their top hitters in the lineup, an on-base machine, Kanan Dodge. We'll chat with him a little bit coming up, and we'll preview the week ahead. Here's a preview of the preview. A lot of the same of what we've seen lately as far as three more games with the Hastings Sodbusters and then a three-game set at home against the Pier Trappers. But let's take a look back on last week's highlights. Let's hear the top moments from last week. It's time for the Moo Review. Now Leger sat at the letters. For the second time is 3-2, and Boynton swings and lines up one to right field and deep. Going back is Max, but allowed to play it off of the wall. Dodge has scored. Morrison has scored to third and holding his white on the two-run single to the wall for Boynton. And the Moo take a 2-0 lead in the top of the first. The 3-1 to white. Hammered to left. This one is deep, and the left fielder Howell's just going to watch it fly. See a ball. It is a home run for Luke White, and the Moo take a 4-0 lead. 0-1 the count to McBride. He swings and lines one to right center field. This one could split everybody, and it does. It down. It's down, and one hops the wall. Here comes one runner. He will come around third. Dodge will score. McMorrison's right after him. He will score. The throw's in the third, and McBride is safe with a triple. White swings at this one, lifts it out to left, going back is Howell, he's at the wall, he's at the wall, it's gone again! Luke White, the second time he's left the yard today! That's the third time he's put a ball within feet of the wall, this time it goes over, it's 8-0 move. Tread away back in there, the shadow's starting to stretch. From the right side of foul territory across the infield as Treadaway lines this one into left field and into his right is Clemenock to make a sliding catch for the second out of the innings. Aiden Clemenock with a nice play out in left field for the second out. Runners off first base, it's Richardson. 5-1 ball game, Hastings on top. In the bob, top of the seventh inning. Ground ball double play, possibility. Dodge to second for one, Sears to first for two, and they got him. He swings and lifts this one out to deep center field. Going back is the center fielder, and he's going to leap at the wall. Casey Burnham will watch.
watch it fly. It's a home run for Luke White. He's back at it again, the third home run in two days, and it cuts the deficit to four. Six to two, Sodbusters. Six to two ball game. Hastings just holding on right now. The one-two this time to dodge. It's lifted out to short right center. It's gonna drop for one. Here comes Reller, he'll score. Emmanuel's right behind him, he'll score, and it's six to four. Runner at second is Reller. He reached on an air. One out, one run already in. 6-5 Hastings, we are in the bottom of the eighth inning. Two and one, the count, Kissick set. Delivers, Simonson swings and lines it in right center field. It's over the second baseman and down for a hit. Roller to third, gonna try and score. Anderson's throw to the plate is cut off, and this game is tied at six. Jeremy Schneider, the first pitch is hammered to left. Zimmerman will watch it fly, cause it is gone! Zimmerman has left the yard! The first time this season, Jackson Zimmerman has put one over the monster and has cut the lead five to one. And Simonson already back on them. He's already back into the windup, trailing by four. The 0-2 pitch. Outside corner, strike three. Anderson goes down on three pitches, and Simonson with a fist pump comes off the field. Mike Decker, not a pitcher. He is a position player who has pitched, and this one is hit from Dodge over into right field, a slow roller. It'll get through for one, and here comes Koski for two. He will score, and the move lead it now six to one. One and two pitch to Bailing. A curveball that comes back over the plate, and Bailing is sat down after a good at-bat. But Merriman finishes the day with a strikeout, his fourth of the day. Morrison on first base now replaces Dodge. Big ride in the box. Has a double on this walk, swings at this one and lifts it out to left. This one has a chance. Bailing's gonna look up, he's at the wall, and it's gone! See you later, ball! Ronnie McBride has extended the Moose lead, nine to two. Two, lined, and in the left. Right field for a base hit. One run will score, and here comes the second run. Howell around third, he'll score easily with no throw, and Simonson is added to the lead. It's 11 to two, and two more RBIs to Simonson total, he's up to 17. Two and two is the count, two outs. Bases loaded for Cooper Morrison in the pitch. Swing and lined into left, right, it's down for a hit. Here comes Koski, he scores, Sears is on his horse, he scores, the ball is still not picked up and right, and Dodge will go to third. So it's a line drive, RBI single for Morrison, two more runs scored, and the Moo have matched their run total leading this season at 14. Here's Luke White, he swings and lifts one out to shallow center field. It's gonna drop for a hit. Are you kidding? The move will score two more. It is 16 to two. Luke White off the end of the bat. A blue single, scoring two more. We're hustling around the diamond with a member of the move crew. It's time to circle the bases. Circling the bases with Kanan Dodge. And first off, you have kind of a unique first name. Give me the worst way you've heard it mispronounced by a public address announcer during your baseball career. Uh, it's usually Cannon. Uh, uh, mo most people go by Cannon. But, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's probably the worst. But that's kind of cool, yeah, though. Yeah. They're calling you a Cannon, right? That sounds good in baseball, right? Right. Yep, not bad. Now, you play some shortstop. You play some second base for the move. Where are you the most comfortable? What position do you like the most? I usually, I, I usually always play second base at school, but, uh, you know, I've played short growing up and everything, so I'm comfortable with both. How long a drive is it from your hometown to Fremont? It's about 14 and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. 
bit of a trip. Yeah, not bad. Uh, the baseball season got held up in mid-March because of the COVID virus, and there were a couple of months there where things were pretty quiet. What did you do with yourself with all that spare time you had all of a sudden? I didn't really have a gym that I could use, so me and my brother, we just we kind of had some, some weights at home that we did as much as we could with, and uh, we got a cage in our backyard, so that was that was very nice. We you know we stayed hitting, stayed throwing and everything, but it was pretty hard to work out. Uh, we just kind of did whatever we could and made it work. When you tell your teammates at Stephen F. Austin, hey, I'm going to Fremont, Nebraska to play summer ball, what's the response? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't think nobody knows too much about Nebraska, but, uh, you know, I love it out here. We're having fun for sure. Uh, Major League Baseball season starting up this week. Who's your favorite team? Who's your favorite player? Houston Astros for sure, and uh, probably say Jose Altuve. Altuve, the little guy. Yeah, yeah. So the trash can scandal, it's all made up, right? No, no, <laughs> it's not. I, I'm uh, not too proud of it, but I've been a fan my whole life, so I can't really leave him. And, hey, Altuve is such an exciting player, and say what you will about the front office, but a ton of good guys on that Astros team. Absolutely. Uh, I, I really enjoy watching them. You know, I, I try and follow them as much as I can. I love watching them in the playoffs and everything, and I've just always been a fan my whole life, so... Learn a little more about one of Fremont's finest, let's meet the Moo. This week on Meet the Moo, we're chatting with Fremont catcher, outfielder, etc. Matt Abdel Nauer and uh, Matt, first off, just going through this year with the Moo, what have you picked up? How has your game developed uh, from when you joined up at the beginning of the summer? Uh, just listening to different players and their different experiences. Uh, coming from different all different levels of baseball, just picking up on the little things, getting better every day with the little things. You play from Midland, so obviously you know Moeller Field well, you know Shea Bennett well, you know this coaching staff well. How have, have those guys been different in this role during summer ball and, and working with the, those guys in this arena as opposed to uh, during a college season? I mean, obviously since Shea's our head coach, he takes more of a leadership role, but for the most part, as a, all his people, Dalen, Shea, Shea and Sean, they're pretty much the same people, so it makes it really easy to be successful here. Is it tough dealing with those guys, you know, after spring ball, although the season was cut short, uh, you get them in spring, you get them here, not really too much of a break from them. Uh, I suppose you wouldn't be here if you didn't like dealing with them, right? Yeah, I mean, I love being around them. They're just such good people. It makes it easy. So it makes it easier for me to do my job and just go out there and play the game and have fun. We mentioned you uh, play from Midland, uh, but you're from Long Beach, California. Of course, that's half a continent away. What brought you from Long Beach all the way out to Nebraska? So one of my good friends that I've played baseball with all throughout my life, um, he went to Midland. He's a year older than me, and he was just telling me how great of a place Midland is, and he just he kind of sold it to me. I went on my visit, and I met Coach Miller, and it kind of sold it to me, and I love it here, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, when did you start playing baseball uh, just as a youth? When did you first pick up the game? I started playing t-ball at four years old and then just nonstop playing throughout till high school and then just lucky I got an opportunity to play in college. Uh, what uh, Was baseball always your sport? Was it always the sport you focused on when you were a kid? Yeah, baseball was my primary sport. I always put my time and effort into it, but I always I played football, other like flag football, but mainly baseball was my main, main sport. Why did you pick baseball over the others? Uh, all my buddies played baseball, but and it was just I fell in love with it from such a young age, so made it easy for my decision. You grew up in Southern California, as we mentioned, and and the baseball out there is just exceptional because of the weather and the population and uh, high school baseball out in Southern California. How tough is that? 
it's pretty tough. You get you run into a lot of good arms, you run into a lot of good bats, but you end up learning from them as well. So it makes it makes it high competitive, but it's also it reminds me of this league. There's a lot of good players, so it makes it easier to get better. How tough is that adjustment in this league going from an aluminum bat, which you use not just in college, not just in high school, but really all the way up to now where you are swinging wood? It's a, it's a huge difference, but it makes you a better hitter because it makes you square up the ball, makes you zone in a little harder. But other than that, you just kind of zone your pitch, find your pitch, just go hammer it. We mentioned that you catch some. Uh, you, you This is a pretty deep catcher group, thinking of yeah. Emmanuel and Howell and Jackson Zimmerman has gotten some time behind the plate as well. Uh, what do you think you bring to the table uniquely among those four catchers on the defensive side of things? On the defensive side, I mean, not just playing catcher. I can play outfield. I can pitch. I can do play other positions to give them time and give me time as well. But just from a catching standpoint, I just think, with, especially with the Midland pitchers, I know how they work, and I know how to work them to make them be successful. So, like, not just, like, helping with game plans and things like that, that helps. One of the guys on the staff, uh, James Skirto, is a guy who uh, pitched for this team last year and uh, is a Midland guy. What's one of the Karen feeding tips that you've given to uh, Emmanuel or Simmerman about working with Skirto? I mean, Nick's, Nick's caught Skirto last summer, so he knows the deal, but um, Skirto's just a guy who just pounds strikes, just hit him away, make him beat you the other way. That's, that's kind of how I work with Skirto, just make them beat you the other way. Don't make them beat you pull side. Uh, we mentioned that uh, that's a very deep catcher group, and especially with Jackson in there, a guy who uh, just graduated high school and, and is just rising up to the college game, whether it's handling pitchers, pitch calling, or even with his hitting. Have you felt sort of a responsibility to bring him along and sharpen him up? Oh, of course. He's, he's going to be playing at a good level, so he's a good player. He's got a bright future, so just anything I can do to help him with the little things because I've been there, done that a little bit. So just helping with pitch calling, game plans, just little things because the little things matter. You mentioned pitch calling, and that's a freedom you get here that I don't know. Is that something you guys – do you – typically call the pitches as a catcher uh, for Midland or is this sort of a different deal? Um, it's a little bit of both but for the most part I do get free reign to call my pitches but if so Shea runs our pitching staff at school so like if he wants a certain pitch he'll get my attention and say hey I want this pitch and this count I'm like all right and then we'll go from there. How long did it take you to sort of master the art of pitch calling and, and setting up hitters and, and knowing what to call in certain situations? Honestly, it took me a long time, but in high school I had a, I had a really good coach who kind of we would go through practice, probably sit there for an hour and just walk through it, like what, what pitch would you call in this count, and just go through it for at least an hour, just sit there and talk about it. Now, you're a veteran on that Midland team. You played your senior year. Uh, of course, this season cut short due to the COVID virus. What are your plans moving forward? Do you get that year back? What, what are you going to do moving forward? So my plan is to get my master's degree in uh, Master's of Science in Adult and Organizational Learning so I can play one more year of baseball and then get my master's degree in move ahead in the business world and so working in the business world your plan after you graduate what in specific are you looking for as far as the job um, probably something with human relations because I love to work with people and that's something that I really value working with people trying to get them better so not only like being a coach but it's like being a coach in the business world Sounds like an idea, and we've certainly seen you working around the cage with the other hitters uh, on their fine points. So whether it's a batting cage or an office, uh, I'm sure you'll be a resource. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.
Here's what's coming up moving forward for Fremont. The Moo continue their six-game series against the Sodbusters Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Duncan Field and Hastings after Fremont dropped two of three in the series earlier this week. The Moo dominated the Sodbusters at Duncan Field, sweeping a season-opening three-game set by a combined score of 22-16. Fremont still hasn't faced Hastings ace Shea Shanneman in this series, though they likely will this weekend. Shanneman's last start was a no-hitter against Western Nebraska last Sunday. In it, the Grand Island native threw well over 100 pitches while walking just two and striking out 10 and throwing just the second no-hitter in Expedition League history. Shanneman leads the league with a 110 ERA and 42 strikeouts. Hastings has also been without their leading hitter by average in this series with the Moo. Cole Evans, second in the Expedition League, a 357 average. Grant Schmidt ranks fifth in the league in RBI with 20. Casey Burnham and Fremont's Dylan Sears are tied for the league lead with 21 walks. The Moo and Sodbusters tussle Friday at 7.05, Saturday at 7.05, and Sunday at 2.05, and Friday's game will be broadcast on Big Dog 98.9 FM and 13.40 AM. After Sunday's game, the Moo will take their second off day before a three-game home series with Pier Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, all games 7.05 at Moeller Field. The Moo and Trappers have split six games this year, though the Moo throttled them in the series finale 13-0 last weekend. Pier has split a pair of games with Western Nebraska since. They have a three-game series at Badlands before coming south to face Fremont. The Trappers enter the series in third in the Lewis division, but just a game behind Sewers Valley for second. Connor McMurray continues to pace the Pier lineup, hitting 333 with four home runs and 17 RBI. Nick Grossman is tied with Fremont's Luke White for the league lead in RBI with 24. The three-game series is the only time in the next 17 games that the Moo will face someone other than Hastings. Monday's game will be broadcast on Big Dog 98.9 FM 1340 AM, and as always, all Moo games available at FremontMoo.com. That'll wrap it up for this week's episode. Join us again next week for another edition of the Fremont Moo Podcast. I'm Nate Rohr. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Fremont Moo Weekly Podcast. Follow the Moo on Twitter at Fremont Moo and visit FremontMoo.com for news, information, stats, and to buy tickets and Moo gear. Fremont Moo Baseball. It's a hit.